to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself As we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're programmed by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Arjun Clare, and I'm going to be your host for today's show. Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself, wherever you listen to radio or music, iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. We have an amazing show planned for today, all about gratitude and poetry. In segment two, we will be interviewing Tanvi Vuruganti, a young girl who is the author of From the Inside, The Inner Soul of a Young Poet. In segment three, Dia will share poems she loves, and right now, I'm going to be coming to you with another segment of Innovation Nation. Once again, hi everyone, my name is Arjun Clare, and I'm happy to be here with another segment of Innovation Nation. As you know, today's show is centered around gratitude and poetry, but I really want to focus in on poetry and the role innovation has played in shaping it. If you know anything about this show, you'll know that we like to go way back to the roots of whatever we talk about, and today is no exception. To learn how innovation has impacted poetry, we have to wind the clock all the way back to 2100 BC, to what is widely considered the first poem ever written, the Epic of Gilgamesh. The Epic, the epic of Gilgamesh, as the name implies, is an epic poem. And what this means is it's a lengthy narrative poem that usually involves a time beyond memory or tells a story of myths and legends. The Epic of Gilgamesh comes from ancient Mesopotamia, and is made up of numerous Sumerian poems that tell the story of Gilgamesh, king of Uruk, and Enkidu, a wild man created by the gods to stop Gilgamesh from oppressing the people of Uruk. Quickly becoming fast friends, Enkidu is soon killed by the gods, and Gilgamesh is sent down a path of discovery to find that, quote, life which you look for you will never find. From the gods created man, they let death be his share, and life withheld in their own hands, end quote. The point of this story is to send a message. In this case, it's more of a life lesson, but nonetheless, it is still a message to those reading. And 
it was an innovation in and of itself because it was a new way to tell and carry forward stories and ideas. It was also very influential because the purpose behind it carried forward and inspired many, many famous poems after it, none more famous or well-known than the Greek poet Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey. These two epics were written in the 8th century BC, during the time of the ancient Greek empire. Written one after another, the Iliad first tells a story of the Greek struggle to rescue Helen, a Greek queen, from her Trojan captors. The Odyssey takes the fall of Troy as its starting point and crafts a new epic around the struggle of one of those Greek warriors, the hero Odysseus. These classic novels are some of the most important pieces of literature in history because of the huge influence that they have made on modern literature. Almost any modern book series that you have read have been influenced by Homer's works. For example, The Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and Percy Jackson and the Olympians all take aspects from the Iliad and the Odyssey, especially the concept of remix, or combining textual elements from many different sources to create something new. You can always find this in any current story, especially ones that contain magic that are out there. But to be a little bit more specific, so you can really understand the aspects that are the same, the recognition of Harry Potter by his scar was originally used in the Odyssey to recognize Odysseus. The strenuous journey that Frodo Baggins takes in The Lord of the Rings was first used in the, in the Odyssey. And in both cases, the basic storyline is the same, and both protagonists develop as characters as a result of their journeys. The Greek mythology that makes up pretty much all of the Percy Jackson series are present in the Odyssey, and the four main gods and goddesses that helped Odysseus, Athena, Zeus, Poseidon, and Hermes are also the main four that helped Percy in his journeys. Along with this, the themes of the Odyssey are constantly used in novels nowadays. In fact, it's nearly impossible to read a book of fiction without running across themes such as the power of desire and the will to overcome extreme adversity, strong moral leadership shown by a main character, and even masking real-world ideas with storytelling strategy and fiction. All of these different themes that we view today as very modern were actually first used by Homer hundreds of years ago in the Iliad and the Odyssey. And again, on top of this, the narrative structure that Homer used in his works, which is called dactylic hexameter, has greatly influenced writers today and is still very, very widely used in poetry. And all of this just goes to show that the Iliad and the Odyssey are by far some of the most influential and innovative pieces of literature ever written. However, we've talked a lot about the Iliad and the Odyssey, but they're not the only innovations in poetry out there. While it's hard to pinpoint exactly where poetry has changed over the years, we can still look at it from a wider perspective. Over time, poetry has changed with the world. It moved away from epics, and at some point integrated rhyme and rhythm into it, which can be seen in works by Shakespeare. Another innovation surrounding poetry is that it became not just a way to tell stories, but also express feelings and opinions, especially about world events. For example, many poems were written during and after World War I and II. Nowadays, poetry has begun to move away from rhyming and is becoming much more of an art form. Much like modern art, it's full of abstract themes and ideas that are beautifully and eloquently connected by words on paper. So there you have it, innovation in poetry. While it may not seem like it at first glance, they really do go hand in hand with one another. 
Thank you for listening to my segment on Innovation Nation. However, I can't help but notice that while I talked a lot about poetry, I didn't talk as much about gratitude. And gratitude is just as important as poetry, and it's one of the themes of our show today. So with that in mind, I want to read to you the exercise that is in the chapter titled The Gift of Gratitude from the book Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers by Cynthia Bryan, available at www.starstylestore.net. Exercise. Thanksgiving is every day. Thanksgiving doesn't only come once a year in November. Creating a habit of grateful living is a daily ritual with compounding benefits. Try a few of these gratitude actions on for size, then watch how your life morphs. One, begin each morning with words of gratitude for three unique items that spring to mind. For example, just the fact that you woke up is a reason to celebrate. You are still alive. Number two, start today noticing the good things around you. Find the positive in things. Number three, make sure to smile. Number four, compliment and thank people. Number five, create a gratitude journal either on your computer or in a notebook. Enter the small and big things that pop up and make you want to whisper thank you throughout the day. Number six, write a letter of appreciation to a former teacher, mentor, or friend. Number seven, volunteer to be of service. Number eight, find good fortune in something that seemed doomed. Number nine, think, talk, and live abundance and blessings. What you think about and talk about will come about. Don't complain, don't blame. Instead, reframe and gain. Make every day Thanksgiving Day, and you'll easily become the star that you are. I am the luckiest person on this planet, and so are you. Sincere thanks for buying this book and reading this chapter. I'm grateful to and for you. Namaste. I hope you enjoyed the segment of that book. That exercise is truly great, and I really encourage you to give it a try. It's really important to remember to show gratitude every day. The smallest gestures really can go the longest way. Unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment. Please show your love for more segments by donating on btsya.org. Keep listening for more as we interview Ms. Voduganti in the next segment. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. 
Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Arjun Clare. And today's show revolves around gratitude and poetry. In this segment, I will be interviewing Ms. Tandi Boruganti. Boruganti lives in Chandler, Arizona with her parents. Besides writing and poetry, her hobbies include reading, playing tennis, and traveling, although reading and writing will always be her number one. Make sure to check out her website at www.tandiboruganti.com. Hi, Tandi. Hi. So, Tandi... I have, I think it's the kind of question that everyone wants to know. What really inspired you to write a book about poetry? To be quite honest, um, there was no real inspiration to write the entire book, but to write certain types of poetry, I drew inspiration from movies, books, nature, surroundings, everything and anything that provoked an emotion or got me thinking. That's awesome. Do you have any like specific examples of what evoked emotion or what you drew inspiration from? Um, yeah, sure. So my poem, Little Star, I actually got inspiration from just looking at the night sky. It was just so beautiful. And I kept thinking, how can I incorporate that into something that everybody else can feel? That's awesome. Do you mind sharing that with us? I'm sure. Little star. How are you, little star? Drifting in the night sky. Doing your dance gently. Spinning in the moon's light. How are you, little star? In the infinite universe. The colors of the Milky Way shine upon you. How are you, little star? I wish I could come and visit. But we're worlds apart, only seen from afar. Oh, little star, flicking in the sky. I take my deep breath. Close my eyes and make a wish. Wow, that was a beautiful poem. And I definitely agree with you. I think the I've always found the night sky just extremely beautiful. And it's really kind of just serene. Although I don't think I can really translate how I feel about it onto the paper, quite like you can. Um, could you tell us a bit more about your book? Well, my book follows a series of emotions that every person experiences, especially now during the COVID-19 pandemic. Anger is sadness as we feel trapped and locked in our own homes and even in our inner selves. The happiness we find in our little things and spending more time with our families. 
And as we have more time, we realize the dilemmas that we are going through identity, love, and even boredom. It is also a time we be brave for those suffering in the hospitals, their families, as we reflect upon the happiest memories before the pandemic. Trying to remember the good and forget the bad. Clinging on to the hope, this is all we need to survive the pandemic. That's awesome. So you mentioned a lot about the pandemic. That was a, this seemed like a pretty big inspiration for your book and your poems. How did you spend your time during the pandemic? Well, during the pandemic, my parents encouraged me to be productive. So I painted, I drew, and I wrote a lot of poetry just to kind of keep myself busy, to, like, channel my creativity. That's awesome. And you're only in, what, fifth grade, am I correct? Um, yeah, fifth grade. I'm going to sixth grade this year. That's awesome. But, like, poetry is not a very easy thing for a lot of people. How did you learn to write poetry so well? Well, actually, my fifth grade teacher taught us the basics of poetry, but to actually write poetry, like, I'm not exactly sure. I just learned it through the pandemic. Like, I suppose as I started writing, I got better and better. Yeah. If that makes sense. Did you ever do research for, like, specific techniques or, like, narrative structures that you could use when writing poetry? No, I've always been a free verse kind of person. That's Um, awesome. So, going back to your book that you wrote, why did you name your book From the Inside? I named my book From the Inside to describe the emotions that everyone feels from the inside. All of my poetry centers around emotions, thoughts, and feelings that people are going to, specifically during the pandemic. It is my voice with my thoughts and my perspective on all those feelings. I know that some people may not be able to acknowledge these emotions or voice them out, so I believe I'm able to acknowledge them through my voice from the inside. That's really awesome. It's really cool that you found something so profound and you've kind of really just gone after it. But Thank you. But of course, you're only in fifth grade, and so writing a book isn't a super smooth process. What challenges did you have to overcome to write that book? My biggest challenge writing this book was having faith in myself. I struggled over become, becoming confident in my writing and myself. I constantly compared myself to other writers, young leaders. Confidence, I think, is crucial in Finding, success, finding small success. For the without confidence, I hesitated even to show my family my work, much less to the world. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, like, you're, you're, you, like, I mentioned it before, you're definitely very young, but you seem to have a really great passion for writing. So what really got you into writing? Is it something that you've always just been interested in? Actually, yeah, I've always been really into writing. It's like my language arts has always been one of my strongest subjects, and I've always felt this little connection to it. That's awesome. Did you have any, like, teachers, or did your parents ever really encourage you to just keep writing? My parents always encouraged me in everything, so there's that. But I did have one teacher in particular who taught me a lot in fifth grade. 
And she really helped me learn more writing techniques and really helped me just love it. That's very neat. So what kind of, you, I know you mentioned that you enjoy writing and in the pandemic you also did art. What kind of art do you create? Um, I, I like painting, not painting, I like drawing portraits of people. I think it's really fun to like draw the tiny details to give a person an identity. Oh, okay. Did you ever do art classes at school that really like help you find what you like to do with art? Art is something I've always really liked to do. So even from a young age, if I got bored or didn't know what to do, I just try and sketch something or scribble something. I think it just helped me. Yeah. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I think that kind of just doodling on a piece of paper helps get like your thoughts and your feelings out instead of mm-hmm. speaking with them. So I definitely mm-hmm. see you there. Um, but with your art and your poetry, a lot of people say that poetry is like a different form of art. Do, does the art that you do, like when you actually draw or paint, do you think that reflects with your poetry or do you think your poetry reflects on your art? I think poetry is a form of art. Art is expression, and so is poetry. Just they're depicted in different ways. Art is through an image, and poetry is through words. Hmm, that's really good insight. Um, have you? Do you have any like specific pieces of art that have almost like directly translated into a poem that you've written? necessarily most of my art and my poetry are different mm-hmm. because I feel like channeling my thoughts and emotions into different ways I don't necessarily like to keep them together mm. so you mentioned how your parents like really helped push you and supported you but do you have any siblings that kind of do the same nope no siblings I've actually really wanted a sibling who would kind of push me around. <laughs> but that's okay. My parents are like uh, my siblings almost. They're always yeah, there for I, me and always pushing me to do more. That's a great thing when you, when you have a good relationship with your parents. Although I can say mm-hmm. having a sibling isn't always as great as you think because it can be very annoying. I speak from experience. <laughs> but going back to your writing, like, what what future goals do you have for yourself? Do you want to keep writing more poems, or do you want to expand your literature and start writing novels? Well, my future goals include writing a novel for young adults, the genre perhaps being realistic fiction or dystopian fiction, but I also wish to continue my poetry journey, and if I can, reach a best-selling list. Mm-hmm. That's a great goal to have. Is there a reason that you prefer fiction or dystopian fiction over other forms of writing? Or other genres, I should say? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? Sure. Um, is there a specific reason as to why you prefer fiction or dystopian fiction writing as opposed to other genres? Um, I love the imagination in dystopian fiction. I love the new worlds that the authors have created. And it's 
just so different, and that's what I love about it. Right. Do you have any favorite books that you kind of love to read that are just your go-to books? Well, I do love the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. That is one of my favorite series. Um, I also one. like I, Percy Jackson and the Divergent. Normal middle school reads, but still yeah. pretty, pretty good. Definitely. I can say all those series are very good. I read them a while ago, but I love all of them. Um, so kind of going back to poetry, were you inspired by Amanda Gorman being the young poet laureate who performed at the inauguration of Joe Biden? Amanda Gorman is extremely inspiring. She is like a symbol that if you work hard for your dreams, there might just be that one opportunity that's like standing in front of you. Mm -hmm. And I love her poetry. It's very insightful. It's very enlightening, I think. Mm -hmm. Do you know what about her poetry is so kind of insightful or enlightening for people? Or at least for yourself? I I love how she's so honest. Mm -hmm. She's She's not afraid to depict the bad and good of humanity. And I just love that about her. Oh, okay. Is that something that you want, like, you want to be able to replicate or you try and replicate in your poems? Definitely. I try my best to be as truthful as possible. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I may go a little extreme. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, to each their own. But do you think that you could read, your, like, your most favorite poem that you've written for us? Um, sure. I think my favorite poem that I've written was one of my first ones. It's called Shadow Tears. Mm-hmm. Tears of sorrow and regret shattered by hate, hidden deep inside for eternity like its fate. I wish it didn't happen. Everything's red and black, trying to move on, but something pulls me back. Can't find any peace like a roaming lost soul with unfinished business, a heart with a hole. Forgive and forget. I can forgive, but never forget. A memory forced to live with, a life that can't be reset. If only I could do it again. If only I was granted one wish. I'd ask to be full of bliss. That's all. I wish lives could change in a swish. So if I can't help myself, I could help another with only one motto. Be happy, no other. Wow. it's a great poem. Do you, do you think that you can kind of tell us the meaning behind it? So Shadow Tears is about a person who has recently gone through something that has caused them deep sorrow. And so they feel like they can never be put apart together, put back together, and they're really worried. And so they finally try to stand up and say, even if I can't help myself, maybe I can help someone else. And I think that is the best mentality to have. Okay. Did that ever happen to you? Is that how you kind of got inspiration for this poem? Um, not necessarily. Nothing like that has ever happened to me. But I have 
heard of it in news stories, books, and a lot of other things of a person going through something that really hurts them, and they can't fix themselves, so they try to help someone else. Mm, okay. That's awesome. You're, you're definitely thinking with very big and kind of mature ideas, especially for your age. And so I think it kind of begs the question to be asked, do your parents ever help you with your poems or the wording that you use, or do you just kind of use a thesaurus and just go on your own and do it? My parents have absolutely no idea of much writing, <laughs> but either way, when I'm done, they look at it, and the best advice they can give me is, I like it or I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think that's pretty good advice. It helps yeah, you, I, yeah. yeah, to like know if something has to be changed. And mm-hmm. I like that they're always really honest. Definitely. So I don't have like false opinions of like, my this is really good, but it's actually not. Definitely. I think the the best thing you can ask from anyone is to always be honest with you. But what do your teachers and your friends think of your writing? My teachers and friends really like my writing, and they're really supportive of it. So, yeah, I'm really happy that they're always there for me, and they're always encouraging me to write more. Cool. What? So we've talked a lot about writers, but are there specific writers other than Amanda Gorman that you really admire? I don't admire any specific writers, mm-hmm. but I don't admire specific ones. I admire, like, I, I admire all writers, actually, for mm-hmm. having the courage to open themselves up with their imagination, their creativity, and, like, show it to the world. Hmm. It's very insightful. But, I mean, for you, like I mentioned before, you're, you're very young, only in fifth grade. How does it feel to be one of the youngest poets, but also very well known at this point? Well, I really am really glad that I got to do this. And I am so happy that people are appreciating my work. And to be a youngest poet, I think age is a barrier which I think we all have to get rid of in our minds. Because we, we are all human, and in the end, we all are insightful. We all have our own thoughts. And age is just a number. Yeah, I, I agree with that, definitely. But how do you think we can kind of get past the, the gap, or like the age gap, I guess? To be really honest, I don't know if some people ever can. But I think by showing that, by in small ways, like writing a book that people can be impacted, impacted by, I think by these small things, people might slowly change their minds. Mm. That's very neat. But I definitely agree with you on the age gap. I think that a lot of times adults especially don't realize that uh, kids, especially like teenagers, have mm-hmm. some of the best ideas out there because they just let their imagination kind of go. Mm-hmm, definitely. 
Yeah. So what advice do you want to give for teenagers who really want to write, are very passionate about it, but they struggle to find the confidence or they struggle to get into it? Well, yeah, I suppose my best advice for teens would be always have faith in yourself. Sometimes you might need a little helping hand with someone else, but in the end, I believe it should be you. You should be proud with your accomplishment, no matter how small or big. That's great and advice. I hope for the best for all the children and teens who are using their voices to spread messages for the world to hear. Yes, that's great advice. I don't think I could have put it better myself. Definitely. Um, Unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you so much, Thandi. Um, Thank you we'll, we'll so much for having me. Of course, it was a pleasure. Unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment, but I absolutely loved our conversation today. Please be sure to check out Thandi Voriganti's book, From the Inside, The Inner Soul of a Young Poet. Visit our website at www.thandivoruganti.com. Thank you for joining us and keep listening for more as Dia continues the conversation and reads poetry in the next segment. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestarur.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about gratitude and poetry. 
I'm Dia Hitivali, and right now I wanted to share some poem with you as well as read a chapter about gratitude. The first poem I'll be sharing is a classic poem that I've been I've come into contact with many times in my life called The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took another, as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though, as for that, the passing there, had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages thence, two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. So basically this poem is kind of giving the message that it's sometimes taken like the path not like more metaphorically taking the path that's less common can actually be beneficial in some times so that's like the overall message and i also just like the language of this poem overall so now i'm going to be moving on to some contemporary poems so this is a poem about texting that was published in 2005 so i tend the mobile now like an injured bird we text, 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 our significant words. I reread your first, your second, your third. Look for your small XX, feeling absurd. The codes we send arrive with a broken cord. I try to picture your hands, their image is blurred. Nothing my thumbs press will ever be heard. So this poem is basically all about how our communication has changed in like the world we live in, it's a lot more digital. And it's also a bit sad because the ending line says that like nothing she texts will ever be really heard by someone, which I can kind of understand. And it's a reminder to never forget the importance of connecting with someone in real life. I also like the poem, how each line is very, very short, kind of like a text message. So... The next ones are these poems that are even more contemporary than the last one. These are from like 2015. I remember these were really popular like when I was in middle school. They're like super short poems that like kind of go viral on like social media like Instagram by Rupi Kaur. And her poems are really like are very like sad but also like kind of hopeful in a way. So the first one is it was when I stopped searching for home within others and lifted the foundations of home within myself. I found there were no roots more intimate than those between a mind and a body that I've decided to be whole. So this poem is kind of giving the message that like, if you kind of accept your mind and your body, you become a lot more whole 
of a person and you don't really need external validation as much. And I think that's a really strong message. The next one is a bit ironic and quite sad. The irony of loneliness is we all feel it at the same time, which is a very like simple phrase, but it means it makes a lot of sense because it's very ironic how like being lonely is something that everyone feels at the same time. Another one is I stand on the sacrifices of a million women before me thinking, what can I do to make this mountain taller so the woman after me can see further? So this poem is basically how there's so many women who have sacrificed themselves, their life, just to make the future better for women. So she's thinking, like, what can I do to make this mountain of sacrifice even bigger so it helps people in the future? And the last one about Rupi Kaur is, love is not cruel, we are cruel. Love is not a game, we have made a game out of love. And I think that is really true. And it's pretty sad when you think about it, but it definitely has some truth to it. And the next one is Lana Del Rey. Lana Del Rey is like one of my favorite singers. And she also has like a mix of poems that are like Ruby Chorus, which are very short. And then she has some longer ones. And I, I really um, like love Lana Del Rey because her lyrics that she writes are like very poetic. And she also is a poet with her own poet book. So one of them is I measure time by the days I've spent away from you. That thought occurred to me as I watched the sky go dark from blue. So what I really like about Lana Del Rey is because her lyrics just make everything seem so wonderful in a way. Because it's just like she kind of makes the way she like writes makes everything sound really nice. So it kind of is very simple. It's not like very deep, I'd say, but it's just very like pretty to hear. So like... The, like measuring like time by the way she spent away from her loved one is like how the sky changes and then the next one is I shall is and I will never sing again and you won't work another day and I will never sing again with just one way that goes away it will be our swan song so actually I've listened to the song so many times but I never really understood what a swan song is but a swan song is basically a song that swans sing right before they die so this is really um like pretty sad of a message but it's basically saying like how she and her loved one is like their swan song is like their last day and the next one is like from another one of her songs they judge me like a picture book by the colors like they forgot to read. So when you think about it, it's like they judge her like a picture book, but just by her colors, like just by her appearance, not like who she is. They're not reading her. They're just seeing her. And then the next one is I'm going to be reading a book from Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers by Cynthia Bryant, available at starstylestore.net, and it's about the gift of gratitude. 
Sometimes I feel like I am the luckiest girl on the planet. My greatest blessing was to be born into a family of farmers of Italian descent with parents who deeply loved one another and their five children. We were taught to be grateful for everything, to respect others, and to believe we could accomplish our dreams as long as we worked hard and lived with integrity. By standards of the day, we were poor, although we children didn't know it. We each owned a single pair of cowboy boots, Levi's, a shirt, sweatshirt, socks, underwear, bathing suit, and a Sunday church outfit completed by a pair of black patent leather shoes. Our playground was the hills, fields, orchards, and creeks. Our playmates were each other and the wild animals we'd adopt. Our mother was a tremendous gardener and accomplished cook. We ate meals together daily. Fresh farm-to-table produce before, long before fresh was considered trendy. Besides being a gifted rancher, our father could build or fix anything. He made our desk so we could study, hung ropes over the creek so we could swing like Tarzan or Jane, and even dug us a swimming pool when we were teenagers so that his brood and their friends could be safe under his and my mom's watchful eyes. We eat meals together daily, fresh farm. We rode our horses bareback, and by the age of eight, each of us learned to drive every tractor, truck, jalopy, and jeep. We had to work on our acreage, but for many of the other families in the valley, since I had my heart set on going to college as the first person in my family, I raised chickens and sold the eggs beginning at age eight. I earned, saved, and financed my degree with those eggs and other farm work. My daddy built my chicken coop to help my projects and dreams succeed. It was a simple, loving, earthy existence that taught me innumerable life skills for which I am immensely thankful. Having an attitude of gratitude is being rich in spirit. Have you ever wondered how your life could change for the better if you cultivated a year-round practice of being grateful? Counting your blessings is not just an idle comment. Research indicates that giving thanks produces admirable benefits from reducing stress to increasing restful sleep. By paying attention to what we have and not what we lack, we begin to see the world as a place of goodness. We recognize that the gifts we receive have arrived from sources outside of ourselves. Heartfelt appreciation for the little things leads to awareness that despite the dark moments will definitely occur in people's life. We can choose to find the silver lining. When we set our intention to seek the positive in everything that occurs, we become more optimistic, happier, healthier, and satisfied with our lives. And guess what happens next? The more we are grateful for, the more we will have to be grateful for. Gratitude amplifies gratitude. It doesn't matter where it comes from you have the ability to give things daily challenges may be opportunities in disguise seek the light at the end of the tunnel and be glad for the tunnel you'll be rewarded with a stronger immune system lower blood pressure improved relationships and feel less isolated when you incorporate gratitude as a major influence of your being a few of the small and sometimes silly things make me thankful for every day include a healthy body, mind and soul, straight white teeth, thank you family, a pillow on which to rest my head, 
indoor plumbing, nature all around me, electricity at the flip of a finger, clean water, a belly filled with fresh produce, my beloved barnyard of abandoned animals, work I love, my my bathroom and my bikini, which are my favorite wardrobe items, my birds singing, ice cream, the ability to make a difference in the lives of others through Be The Star You Are, 501c3 charity. www.bethestarur.org is where you can find it. Twinkling stars in the night sky, my trusty Mac laptop, and most important, my precious family, relatives, friends, and colleagues who enrich me with their love intelligence, hugs, and dedication. These are small samplings of the big contributors to my joy and appreciation for being alive. I also want to share with you my favorite gratitude quotes. They have become my personal affirmations. Memorize one or two and you'll find yourself jettisoned to an uplifted space and mood as you incorporate grace and gratitude into your daily exercise. Gratitude is the fairest blossom which springs from the soul. Henry Ward Beecher. Gratitude is only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. Cicero. Gratitude is riches. Complaint is poverty. Doris Day. When you feel gratitude, you are the closest to the natural state you were born to live in. Abraham Flix. Happiness cannot be traveled to, owned, earned, or worn. It is the spiritual exercise of living every minute with love, grace, and gratitude by Dennis Waitley. If you look at what you have in life, you'll always have more. If you look at what you don't have in life, you'll never have enough. Oprah Winfrey. Taking inventory of my closet today, I own several pairs of boots, Levi's, shorts, bathing suits, and other items of clothes. I also have more pennies in my pocket, and although I still raise chickens and sell the fresh eggs, I don't do it because I need the cash. I have maintained the eating habits of my youth by growing as much of what my family consumes as possible. My appreciation for open space, personal Privacy and the beauty of nature engulfs my raison d'etre. The hard work and the loving lessons learned in my formative years are implemented in my daily actions. Thank you, Mom and Dad, for rooting me in richness and grounding me in gratitude. And here's another chapter from the book, Be the Star You Are for Teens by Cynthia Bryant. The Grift of Gratitude by Rena Wilson-Fox. As my daughter was nearing the age of 13, we decided to move our family overseas for an 18-month work assignment. Not only were we leaving her school and her friends behind, we were moving to the Middle East. With all the trepidation that comes with moving, others' fear of that region of the world exasperated the emotional departure. She had many goodbyes and tear-filled days before we left. When we arrived, we began our new life that comes with it. With every new experience, my daughter pulled back and became defiant, determined to dislike our new home. She started the school with the attitude that if she could just survive the time there, she could go back to where she came from and resume the life she had been living. We encouraged her to try new things 
take guitar lessons or try out for the badminton team. The options were seemingly endless, but she couldn't see through the grief she carried and the longing she had for her old life. She locked her heart and closed her mind. After many heated discussions and constant encouragement for a positive attitude, I decided I would make her email me every day. In the email, she would tell me three things from the day she was grateful for. At first, her list was simple. I'm grateful my jeans were clean. I'm thankful I have my own bedroom. I'm grateful for my family, even though they made me move here. As time went on, her list began to change. I'm grateful for blue skies every day. I am grateful for that daddy works here and we can see him more. And I'm grateful for new friends. Through the course of her emails, you could see her heart begin to open. She started to allow herself to befriend others without feeling like it was a betrayal to those she left behind. She yearned to dance again without thinking she was somehow cheating on her dance teacher back in Pennsylvania. She started to feel alive again. She started to see the good in life we had chosen. Her gratitude spilled over and was starting to see the privilege of this experience instead of the loss. She began to look at people and things differently. She began to see everything as a gift. From the hot air balloon in the Wadi Rum Desert, to sea glass in the Red Sea, to floating effortlessly in the Dead Sea. Then she began to recognize gratitude in others as well, especially those with very little material possessions. She could sense the joy people had when they were truly open and grateful for their lives. The gratitude habit changed her from the inside out. This change allowed her to meet wonderful friends that are certain to be lifelong. And she cried as hard leaving after 18 months as she did when she arrived. Her heart was fully opened, and she understood that there is always something to be grateful for every single day, even through the most difficult of times. This is an exercise called Great Grateful. So find a notebook and start writing things you're grateful for at the end of the every day. Write at least three things. At first, it may seem difficult to come up with things. Write whatever you think of, even if it seems insignificant and silly. As time goes on, you will start looking at a sunrise or a beautiful flower, knowing it will be on your list at the end of the day. Even on your worst things, days, think of three things and remember that when you look at things with gratitude in your heart, joy will return. Real gratitude creates joy, said by Rena Wilson Fox. You can buy Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyle.net with all proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are charity. You'll receive autographed copies and lots of other freebies. Now we'll end the show with the poem by Amanda Gorman. Amanda Gorman, the first ever youth poet laureate, read the following poem during the inauguration of Joe Biden on January 20th. When day comes, we ask ourselves, 
Where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. And the norms and notions of what just is isn't always just I. And yet the dawn is ours. Before we knew it, somehow we do. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a time and a country in a time where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one and yes we are far from polished far from pristine but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that's perfect we are striving to form a union with purpose to compose a country committed to all cultures colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gazes, not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first. We must put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach out our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. That we'll forever be tied together, victorious. Not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit at their own vine and fig tree. And no one shall make them afraid. If we're living up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade. But in all the bridges we've made, that is the promise to glade. The hill we climb, if only we dare. It's because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we stepped into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy, and this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, eyes on us, this is the era of just redemption. We feared at its reception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour, but within it we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? We will not march back to what it was, but move to what we shall be, a country that is bruised but whole, benevolent but bold, fierce and free. We will not be turned around by intimidation because we know our action and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. Our blunders become their burdens, but one thing is certain. If we merge mercy with might and might with right and change your children's birthright, 
So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with. Every breath from my brown's pounded chest, we will raise the wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the windswept northeast, where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from Lake Rim City of the wooden western states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover. And every known nook of our nation and every corner called our country, our people diverse and beautiful will emerge, battered and beautiful. When day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it. We are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Saw Productions, Cynthia Bryant, Be the Star You Are, and our voice Amer- America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to all the guests from all around the world, and a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Poetry is the clear expression of mixed feelings. Express gratitude and appreciation in all things. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself